Okay, so who's up for quite possibly the most unique place I've talked to yet in the podcast? This episode, episode uh, 14 now, I believe, is Energy City Brewing. Maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't, but they are in Batavia, Illinois. I'll give you their address, 2 and one half, two and a half West Wilson Street, Suite A1. They are open one day a month as of right now. They've done it for about four months. Um, his name is David. Uh, he has a full-time gig as uh, a chemical engineer, go figure, and... He brews this beer maybe four, and he said this month trying to ramp it up five times a month, and you have about four or five options when you go. They are open from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Batavia at that space, the address I gave you. You can type it into Google Maps. It comes right up. They're they're on Facebook. You can like their page, all that stuff. So David and his family, they get this one day a month, and Saturday, and they sell beer. They've got uh, a Russian Imperial Stout, some New England IPAs, some brown ales or kind of like IPA type brown ales. Um, The beer is awesome. My wife and I, we went to the first release, uh, our first experience with them on February 3rd. The next one is March 3rd. So mark your calendars, get out there. This dude was the most interesting person I've ever talked to about anything. Uh, Not only is he a chemical engineer? Not only does he make great beer, he's just a super nice guy with a super awesome outlook on beer. Give them a like on Facebook and go follow on. They use Facebook and Instagram most of all. So Energy City Brewing, open one day a month in Batavia. The beer is awesome. The dude is awesome. Just listen to the podcast. You'll, you'll understand. Welcome into another episode of Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. I am in Batavia, Illinois right now, and I am joined by David of Energy City Brewing. Say hello, David. Hey, Joe. Thanks for coming by to see us. Uh, yeah, man. This place is really cool. I mean, once I kind of saw you guys, uh, I think somebody that I knew had like posted or shared something about what you guys are doing here, and I was like, okay, I, I got it. This was like... A month into me doing this podcast, or you know, as the podcast baby was being born, I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, that's something I've never heard before. I need to, I need to talk to this guy. And then I was lucky enough to be able to come out here February 3rd for your bottle release and get four different beers of yours. And I've tried two of them so far, and I am totally blown away by that's how awesome. awesome they are. Uh, yeah, you guys did a great job. I, I describe to the people like what uh, a typical first Saturday of the month is like at Energy City Brewing. Yeah, well, for us, uh, the first Saturday is really the only Saturday that we're open. So our model is a little different than most breweries. We only open one day a month, and that's on Saturdays. So uh, we are what we'd call a nano brewery. Uh, it's not really clearly defined what a nano brewery is. Understatement. But basically, it's like typically a one or two barrel system. We've got a one barrel system here. So um, we're just doing small batches, and we brew about four times a month. And that's enough to make, uh, you know, we do about six or 700 bottles and we just sell those on the first Saturday of the month. And then we start again and make a whole bunch of new beer. I mean, what, what, what kind of time goes into that then? So you're talking four times you brew every month. Right. And that's to yield how much? Yeah. So we aim for uh, releasing about four different types of beer each month. So we usually have like a stout, a couple IPAs, and then maybe a pale ale or a lager or something like that. And uh, that's to try to 
provide different beer to different people that are looking for you know craft beer, but also some of the local people that just want to have their typical lager but want to enjoy it at some new funky little place. So um, right now I'm the the brewer at the place. So it's a small business. Um, I have a partner and I do all the brewing. And it takes me, you know, I have about 24 hours invested in each of those batches. And I still have my day job as a chemical engineer. So um, it's a, it ends up being a pretty busy month. And I get some help with bottling and labeling. Um, this is really what I consider a, a pilot brewery also. We really have dreams of growing and you know, getting a tap room, getting a larger system, and continuing to grow beyond this small system. And this is will continue to be like a pilot or laboratory-type brew operation so right now we're just so excited to be able to share it with our visitors yeah what what made you say like yeah we can do this like uh, we can we get a little space we can brew in it for a little bit and then we're gonna survive on doing just saturdays but like you said you have a full time day job as yes well. so that's that's what really made me think i can do this because i i haven't fully you know committed uh to it just in terms of my you know livelihood just yet so it allows me to be flexible and to kind of go with a model that, um, you know, we did obviously don't make much money during the first year of development of this particular uh, business here. Uh, we did a lot of keg sales last year, and now we're just doing the bomber sales. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of flexibility other than, you know, it does take a lot of my time every month. How far did your keg sales reach then when before you started bottling that? Well, we, we have a self-distribution license, and so we just distribute locally. Uh, we did a couple of restaurants in and around the Batavia, Geneva, like Fox Valley area, and then we still have beer on tap at Elska Restaurant in, in Chicago in the Fulton Market area. So it, it was just me moving the kegs here and there. And some of, the, some of the greatest places were just like we had a pizza place in Geneva called Democracy. And they were really supportive and really uh, pointed people in the direction of our beer. And so we're really thankful for them. So how do you get a connection with a place up in Fulton Market in Chicago? Like, hey, well, I uh, ruin this once a month. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I had to the marry line. the beer or the bar manager there. Oh, so. there we go. Now he's telling the truth. Now, so yeah, my wife is. Uh, well, so my brother-in-law manages the the Elska uh, liquor side of the, the restaurant. So he was always said, "Hey, if you ever if you ever start selling beer, we'd love to have it." So you were our first customer, and they're still our continued customer. So what was your first beer? What was your first beer out the door to to somebody else's hands other than your own? Well, so the first beer uh, that we brewed here uh, was um, a little over a year ago. It was it was uh, St. Patrick's Day, uh, 2017. So fittingly, I had to do a big stout. Now, most people say, well, for the first batch in the, in the brewery, you don't want to do like a 10% alcohol Russian Imperial Stout. But uh, personally, I love the style. It's one of my favorite beers to make. And um, it's pretty forgiving, I find, just because, you know, it could be sweet, it could be bitter, it can be... Uh, high alcohol, medium alcohol, whatever. So I, I have no problem just jumping in and going for a big stout. So I did this. Uh, it's called the Papuchik. Papuchik. Uh, it's, it's our Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah, so I was inspired by um, the word Papuchik, and I have it here on the bottle. It says, it's the Russian word for someone you connect with on a long journey by sharing the deepest or most secret journeys or so stories of your life. So it's like literally in, in Russia, if you take a train, across to whatever Siberia or you're on some long train ride and your uh, cabin mate or birth mate or whatever uh, that would be kind of your papuchik and you're just it's there for days and you talk about whatever you want to talk about and then you go your separate ways and you don't have to worry about spilling your guts to them or telling your secrets because you won't see them again 
It's such a cool little little name that you put on there. So nobody would have thought of that. No, right. so it's a little hard to pronounce. So I know when you name beers, it's probably better. I know people that say, "Well, I won't order anything off the menu if I can't pronounce it." So <laughs> you know people like that. Those people should be I, thrown out of the craft beer I world. No, you. <laughs> So that's why we got to remember it. Papuchik. Papuchik. Yeah, it's a fun Russian word. The thing that stuck out to me, having actually experienced one of your releases, was I thought it was awesome, first of all. It was, a, it, it was cold, but mm-hmm. there was plenty of people out there. It's not like you were hurting for to get people in the door. There was a line out in the parking lot. Uh, it was super convenient because in this little area that you're in, I stood in line. My wife decided to just walk up the little flight of steps and go get a coffee over at Limestone mm-hmm. right above you guys. Um, that worked out great. And then we got in here. And once you break the threshold of that door, it's this weaving, awesome line of just beer-loving geeks. And I see you, and I see another guy mm-hmm. standing at the, like a barrel or a table yeah. with samples and a tray, and you're just yeah. pouring little samples. And basically... I, I tried to describe it to someone in the in mm-hmm. the beer world that like had just didn't hear about you guys yet, and I I explained it as almost like uh like when you're waiting in one of these long amusement park lines or something and they kind of entertain you while you're in the line. <laughs> yeah. You were like just re- you know flowing and rewinding and explaining beer, and mm-hmm. you were handing out samples and talking through it as they were drinking it. I just yeah. thought it was one of the coolest experiences we had. And yeah. I stood here with my wife, and we thought it was awesome. So explain yeah. like how you they thought, well, I'm going to stand here. Yeah. I'm gonna so, yeah, we've only done this about four times, uh, and each time we try to improve uh, upon the process. You know, I, I like to try to provide people something special. You know, you can come in here, uh, you, you know, because you know, we really think it's special that people are coming to buy our beer, right? So we really want to return the favor to the people that come in here. And um, so... I want to give them a little education. I want to give them some samples. So we don't have an official tasting uh, room license, So, but we are allowed to provide up to three samples of beer per Illinois state law. So um, we open the doors at 11 o'clock. Well, actually, when it's been cold lately, I've been opening the doors like 10.30 or so. We're not allowed to sell until 11. Very forgiving. So yeah. Very nice. We try to cram as many people as we can in here. The, the main brewing area and where we do the bottle sales is... Um, it's about a thousand square feet, so it's not not a huge space, and that's where we got our small fermenters and our kettles and stuff too. So uh, people come in the door, and uh, I try to greet them as soon as I can, and I have my samples available. Usually we sample what the new beers are available, so we can do about three samples. I said we usually try to sell five or six, um, uh, and that at the beginning I give a little talk about each of the beers, uh, what goes into them, what was our inspiration for them, uh, what they could expect from those beers, and you know. Uh, then answer, I can answer questions if anyone has any questions. And then uh, as the line gets bigger, we just, you know, 11 o'clock, we start selling, the, selling what bombers are here. And I enjoy talking to people and finding out their stories. And mostly it's local uh, crowd right now. We've had some, some from out of state, but mo- mostly in the Chicago land, especially West Suburbs area. Yeah, you're saying local. I was going to say, I'm from Joliet. That's not well, an easy yeah. trip up here. <laughs> That's true. There's no easy way to get north from, from, from where I'm at, but but it was totally worth it. We we made a whole day out of it. We Penrose for yoga in the morning mm-hmm. over here to you guys and had a, had a, mm-hmm. uh, some beer samples in the line. I thought it was cool. I mean, it was like a little like camaraderie in the line. You know, everybody's yeah. excited. It's it's kind of, you feel like that's part of a little group and not everybody knows about you guys. It's kind of that like like you're getting in on the ground floor kind of yep, feeling. That's the plan. And again, like my wife, uh, she has really come along a, a long, long, long way in the beer world, and uh-huh. now she is really loving big stouts and really loving mm. these New England IPAs and things. Yep. And you guys happen to have one of each of those, so yep. she was 
all about standing in line with me. She's like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in for the whole trip. And yeah. I said, I said, yeah, absolutely. But her thing, you know, we have a five and a seven year old child. Where mm-hmm. you know, we're a working couple, all that. Mm-hmm. And we got through that line. And once we got to the end, she's she's talking to what turned out to be your wife and your yeah. daughter and your okay. daughter's roommate. <laughs> yeah. And she thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. You know. And I thought same thing. I'm like, how great is that? We're getting rung up by you know the guy who brewed this beer. It's his daughter, his daughter's roommate, his wife. I mean, yeah. So what's that like working with the fam to do this? Oh, it's great. The uh, kids are excited. You know, I have a nine-year-old, eleven-year-old, and a twenty-year-old, and uh, so <clears throat> they they help out on the weekend sometimes, coming in to clean up the bottles or help put labels on. Or my my youngest daughter, who's nine, she actually helps to she likes dip in the the stout bottles in the wax. <laughs> I know some so people find the wax annoying on the bottle, but it's kind of a cool thing, and um, so she likes doing that, and. Um, helping on the weekend it's a great way for the to involve the family and you know pay them a little bit to help out they didn't look mad to be here no no they (laughs) they looked happy so yeah that was pretty cool i mean i thought that was a nice little touch you got a bunch of you know uh terminals there your Mm -hmm. your squares you know square terminals uh taking credit card payments i mean it's yeah it's very cool very convenient little little concept so we talked about what it is and what, you know, and, and again, still, you're still, for how long you guys plan on doing uh, the whole uh, sat- first Saturday of the month? Is that uh, for the foreseeable future? Yeah, we're hoping to be open more and more often and to have a beer to last more than, we sold out last month in one hour approximately, so that was... Didn't take much. No, so it's... I it's, missed one beer, I think. It was <laughs> yeah. a Hop, uh, not Hop Nawe, but Hop... Hop Waka hop was, waka yeah, so that was our... But uh, I got a sample of it, so... Oh, good, yeah, try right. it. Yeah, uh, we had to turn back a few people at the end towards like you know the latter part of the you know, our opening time. So we sold out from about no- eleven till noon. We were gone, uh, done uh, done with the beer. So um, we're really trying to brew more and more. So this month I'm actually trying to brew five times, but it's just spinning my wheels on this small system. So we are also working with uh, another brewery, uh, and they've got a thirty barrel system. So we're going to be starting March 5th is our first date with them, and I'm going to be going there and brewing our stout to start with. And like a gypsy brewer capacity, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we want to keep this as our experimental uh, brew setup, the one-barrel system. Every month be brewing new beer, uh, experimenting, trying to find you know the new new best and greatest beers out there. Are you allowed to say which brewery that is? Or uh, Yeah, well, it's Church it Street wraps. Brewing. Oh, okay. Yeah, they make what, what I like about... Chet? Chet? Chet's part of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chet, Chet reached out to me recently. I think I'm going to try to get him on the podcast okay. as well. I've yeah. never talked to him, but I he emailed me and uh, I think we're going to try to get something done here. Yep. Yeah, he was uh one of our first fans. Uh, I met him at a um, a festival and I was pouring some of our beer and he really liked one of our it's called Hop Scooter. It was our uh, Mexican or Texas themed New England IPA and he really liked that and Texas theme. Okay, explain yeah. that. So, um so all of our New England IPAs that we brew, and we've brewed like half a dozen of them so far, are all inspired by, um, one is like local watercraft. So a scooter is a little flat-bottomed boat for going around in the shallow waters, like of the bayous and stuff around in Texas. And um, uh, so a hop scooter is basically a boatload of hops. And in this case, we use El Dorado and Amarillo, you know, kind of, te- not that they're growing in Texas. Amarillo, but they yeah. got a Texas sound Yeah, too. so Amarillo, El Dorado, and a hop scooter. Uh, and we even throw in some flaked corn into that one, just because kind of the Tex-Mex kind of thing. What theme. does that do? What does that do? I mean, it gives that? it a little extra sweetness and a little bit of, um, <clears throat> yeah, the corn does come through. It's only about 15% flaked corn, but and it gives it a, 
a nice yellow kind of color too. Interesting. So uh, I don't I'm, think I've heard that yet. That's no, great. I brewed that one. Well, I'm just brewing the second version of it uh, this past weekend. 2.0, huh? 2.0. So yeah. So right now, what we're doing is we're refining our recipes. You know, after I've talked to Church Street and figured out what their process is and what their equipment can do, I'm adjusting some of my recipes to make sure that it's compatible with what I can do on their system. Well, scaling up's got to be a, <coughs> exactly. a thought process. I mean, yeah. I do believe I, I oh glossed over the fact that you said your day job was chemical engineer. Right, yeah, so I, I can so do the math. You've got some brain <laughs> uh, behind all this, huh? Yeah, I work actually at a fuel ethanol plant uh, out in the far west suburbs in Rochelle, past DeKalb, and, and uh, we make ethanol for gasoline blending. So our fermenters there are 750,000 gallons. So fermenters all day for you. <laughs> yeah. You're always staring at yeah, a fermenter. They're 50 foot wide by 50 foot tall. So uh, we kick out a lot of uh, 200 proof ethanol there, distillation and all that. So, uh, yeah, <coughs> I'm just thinking to myself, what better fitting uh, mm-hmm. side hustle <laughs> to have for a chemical well, engineer than beer? Yeah, actually, uh, it was, I got that job because I knew I wanted to do beer eventually. So I got that kind of training for what I'm doing now, I'm, I guess you could say. Would you be offended if I asked how old you are? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm 43. <laughs> You're 43. So, yeah. when did you get this job as a chemical engineer? And did you already and you already knew you wanted to go into beer at some point? Uh, well, so I, I I grew up in Canada. I uh, got my degree there. Um, fell in love. You know the story goes. Ended up moving the to the U.S. for a goes. girl. So here I am. I moved to the U.S. about 15 years you just, ago. You just put that whole story into a nutshell and said, we're going to move on. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah. You just skipped I, like I, 30 years. You're yeah. Like, eh, Canada, and now I'm here. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't talk too much about That's myself. Okay. But, That's okay. Um, so uh, growing up in Canada, yeah, I didn't do any beer making there. Wasn't really too involved with it. I came to the U.S. and was amazed at the, you know, the different varieties of beer here and... Um, Got a job as a civil engineer and I was working at this place and I saw this ethanol plant being constructed. I'm like, oh, you know, I'd really like to work there because I really ultimately want to make beer. And I was always at that time I was a home brewer as well, thinking, well, it's not a brewery, but we do make ethanol there, so why don't I it's work alcohol, there? Yeah, so alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. So I've been I've been there for ten years as a plant engineer, and uh, since then I've been, you know, pondering about the idea of opening my own brewery and. Um, as about about two years ago, I I finally jumped in and said, well, let's just do it. You did enough pondering at yeah. that point. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm doing Humming something about it. I yeah. mean, you really summed that up. But like, what 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 went into that thought process when you know from like finding this space, but before finding the space yeah. and actually getting a one barrel system? Yeah. Like well, I didn't really have a full developed plan, <laughs> but one night I was. Uh, you know, listening to some music and having a few of my home brews and enjoying some time and um, thinking about, you know, f- my life and future and what I wanted to do with myself and uh, as career-wise. I was about seven years into my chemical engineering job, so I had that itch, you know, thinking about other things. Um, uh, a song came on the radio. Not, well, I was playing a song on my, uh, on the P- Pandora or whatever. It was um, one of the Postal Service's song. And, Talked about I gr- love postal yeah. service. Clark Clark Gable, I yeah, think Clark was Gable, yeah. talking about. Uh, yeah. He was framing like the shot and greasing the lens. Yep. And that, that gre- greasing the lens really popped into my head. So, so. The don't give up album. I think I, I was on. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a great song. It's great a good album. one. Yeah. 
So I was really, I was inspired by that. Um, I, I always liked the historic beer. I liked Russian Imperial Stout, classic American Pilsner, um, uh, classic India Pale Ales, and this idea of greasing the lens to like make things like how we look in the, into the past. You know, greasing the lens is the photography technique where you put a little smudgy grease on the lens and it kind of washes out the photo. And it really seemed to just resonate with what we do today with our beer, how we try to replicate old styles of beer that were produced, you know, in the 17, 1800s. You know, and I, I really love those styles. And so that night I just said, well, screw it. I'm just going to uh, register a company called Grease Lens Brewing Company and we'll just see what happens. So I went online. Grease and, Lens Brewing Company. Yeah. yeah so that's a that, badass name. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, th I thought it was pretty good. And then when I woke up the next morning and told my wife about it, and she's like, well, that sounds kind of weird. When you say greased in the name. <laughs> yeah. It it's off-putting. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, I did a little surveying around, and some people liked it. They said, well, who cares what peop other people think? And a lot of people were like, eh, it's kind of weird sounding. Um, but so now we are Energy City Brewing. Again, I like to do fast forwards. We still do have a beer now. It's called Grease Lens. It's our classic American Pilsner. So it's the one that uh, you know the German immigrants would have brewed when they came to the U.S., uh, making use of the ingredients they had here available to them, the six-row barley, which was kind of a, a hay, it had a lot of protein in it, so it was a hazy beer. And uh, so they'd cut it with corn, so they used flake corn, so that's why I use flake corn in some of our, my recipes. And they, they had this hops called Cluster, or at the time, they I don't know what it was called, but it was basically, who knows what it was, it was just a cluster of hops, right? So so they had this uh, um, classic American Pilsner, you know, pre-prohibition. Pre that's a tough one to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Uh, that that I said I have to use the Greaseland somewhere. If we're gonna change the name of the company, at least I got to keep it in one of our beers. So I'll be honest, it's a cool name. I think yeah. it's a cool name. I don't know. It's got some artistic value to yeah. it. I think so. It, uh, it fits a beer nicely. Yeah. So beer. yeah, we've had that beer on tap a few times around here and uh, and in the bottles. But right now, since we're our production is so limited, uh, and pilsners take you know good four to six weeks, well, six weeks a to brew. Extra, yeah. Yeah. So now we're just kicking out like as many IPAs. Uh, especially the New England IPAs as we can. And uh, the, the Pilsners will come, but not right now. Is it a style that you enjoy, the, the New England IPA? I mean, is it one that you do, do enjoy making and do enjoy yeah, drinking then? You know, I, I think what's great about the New England IPAs is that they're really, uh, it's like one of the best things I think that's happened to the craft beer industry in a while because it brings a lot of different beer drinkers together. So your hop heads like it. You're, the people that drink wheat beers like it. People that, oh, I don't use like hoppy beers. Oh, but I really like this one. It's Takes a, it's the IBUs down and kind yeah. of yeah, brings everybody into the fold a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing just kind of a crossover beer that, you know, everyone seems to find some value in. You know, and, and of course, it's expensive beer to make too. So. Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of hops in it. It's, it's uh, I, you know, yeah, it's 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 uh, kind of ridiculous how much hops you got to put in there to make it really hazy. <laughs> just really get it, yeah. yeah. But I, I really like it. I I, I haven't really started brewing them uh, until we started this business. Often people say, oh, yeah, so you've got all your recipes figured out and you're ready to open your brewery. And I'm like, well, well, I've got some recipes, but I'm, everything I'm brewing now is different. You know, I'm just brewing with what, uh, what I have available and, and what people want. And so I, before I opened this brewery, I never had brewed it in New England IPA before anyway. So. Oh, really? So yeah. You, yeah. I mean, you're just straight experimenter right now. Oh, you're yeah. flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah. what you're doing. That's yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're just like shotgunning all over the world with our New England IPAs. We brew uh, some that are... We, so I, like, I'll get back to that story. I was 
Our New England IPAs are based off of uh, indigenous watercraft, typically. So we've got uh, what we call a Hop Nawi, which is uh, an aboriginal canoe from Australia. The Nawi is. So it's a boatload of uh, hops from Australia. So that's why... A boatload. A boatload, yeah. So all of our labels say a boatload of something or other. Oh, that makes sense. I don't know. I feel like I didn't read that part. What's wrong with you? Yeah, so... Do we have one open right now? What's what's open right now that we were just... We were just... We are actually drinking these while we're talking about them right now as well. So So we've got uh, the Hop Nawi is probably our most popular beer right now. And it's really more of a classic... uh, New England IPA. This one is in my fridge right now, and I had the first <laughs> bottle of it, and I was just so blown away by the smell of it, and then and I mean the the flavor follows the smell too, which isn't always the case. I feel mm-hmm. like not always, but this one definitely it hits pound for pound with the yeah. with the pineapple and the big the big hops, and it's just it's yeah. so delicious, and it's not like a dense like chewing, you know? Right. It, yep. Yeah, we lighten the body up a little bit. You know, we started out brewing with a lot of oats. And uh, oats just kind of add that. It's a beta glucan is the molecule. It gives it the body, it gives it the thickness to a lot of these that, New England that IPAs. That mouthfeel that the yeah. hipsters love. Yeah. <laughs> if you really like the mouthfeel, yeah, throw in a bunch of oats. But we, we kind of backed off on that and up the just like the flaked wheat and stuff to give it a little lighter flavor. Um, so we've this is probably the seventh or this is the sixth version of this beer. Small tweaks, mostly on the grain bill. Okay. Um, but the, uh, the actual hops in it, um, it's Galaxy and Vic Secret. Those are, you know, from Vic Australia. Vic is one I've really enjoyed lately. I've, mm-hmm. I've been seeing it here and there, and, and that was one that uh, I just wasn't familiar with up until yeah. six months ago or so. And you, you were mentioning Galaxy is a lot harder to get now. Yeah, Galaxy is even harder than or Vic a Secret. more expensive, I don't know. Yeah, well, both, yeah. yeah. It's just it's hard to get, so it's more expensive. So we're, we have the advantage here of brewing one-barrel batches, so... Uh, you can get enough. I can get, a, you know, a, the you know, five, six pounds we need for this type of recipe. So it's not too bad. The Galaxy, as that really like, uh, I, I kind of think of it as a papaya. Some people find uh, um, pineapple is another flavor, passion fruit. The Vic Secret adds a little pininess to it. So at most of our uh, beers, I like to brew with about two or three different hops at the most. And we tend to do one more predominantly in the boil and one more predominantly in the uh, for the aroma, depending on what characteristics we're looking for. So, what about hop now specifically? What, how'd you how'd you approach that one? Yeah, well, I, you know, I really love this the uh, the aroma of the Galaxy, and in a lot of beers I've had before, I didn't really like the when you boil Galaxy, it kind of gives this sort of diesely kind of weird flavor sometimes. But I've I've actually had pretty good luck with it. So I want to do mostly. You know, dry hopping with the Galaxy, and then we have mostly Vic Secret for the uh, the kettle additions. So just the two hops in that one. Yeah. It's a really good beer. I mean, yeah. and I'm not just sitting because I'm sitting <laughs> in front of you. I mean, honestly, it's... <laughs> yeah, well, people really like this one. My wife gave me one of the looks when we poured that one. She was kind of mm-hmm. like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's something about it that's really juicy, even more than some of our new other New England IPAs. Um, we do a little little caramel malt in there just to give it a little sweetness. And um, you know all the all the hops are added after the boil's finished, so it's like nice mellow bitterness, but it's got a nice just nice round mouthfeel with the hops. Yeah, it's it's it kind of hits all the right notes without uh, clanging one note more than the others. I mean, yeah. it kind of it's like I guess that's balance. I guess yeah. I would say, but but it's I don't know. It's something it's something that I am not seeing a lot of. I guess right. is what I'm is what I'm trying to get at. Well, it's hard to get the balance. I mean, then there's the chemistry too. Uh, what what kind of water 
you know, chemistry. I, we use reverse osmosis water here, and then we just add back in a few very basic minerals to, to balance it. A lot of people are just throwing in all sorts of calcium chloride and stuff. And Yeah, how do you approach the water? I mean, is that a big, big thing for you, or is that kind of like, well, I got a base that I like. I'm just going to do it this way. Yeah, well, the base is, you know, the, where we are in Batavia, it's well water. It's very hard, and so the only beer we can really make well with that is our um, Papuchik uh, Imperial Stout. A little is more it, forgiving. It needs it needs the hardness, or else the pH gets too low. You know, if you've had some stouts that are really sharp and aggressive, they're probably because they're uh, they're brewed with too soft a water. Well, I was impressed with the papuchik too when we had it because I just it's not it it doesn't need anything, right? I mean, I mean, I'm sure it'd be great with with adjuncts and if you throw a bunch of coffee at it and a bunch of you know uh, vanilla yeah. bean, but but I mean the fact that it. It just tastes that good as just a ba- it's a stout. Yeah. It's a stout. Yeah, so that's one of our other philosophies here. I've got some here. This was uh, I just put our most recent batch uh, into some kegs to or into some bottles, and I had one one short fill. So you're getting the the short hey, fill. Hey, I like so a good is, short uh, fill. Yeah, this is this will be sold at our next bottle release. Um, this is our Papuchik. Uh, I was experimenting as we we're getting ready to scale up our our system. I like to brew every beer with at least two or three different kinds of yeasts and sometimes even Britannomyces. So this one was brewed with a California ale yeast. I'm like, well, if we're going to start ramping up like 20 times our scale, I want to make sure I've got the right yeast. So I did an experiment where I fermented with three different kinds of yeasts and um, decided which one I like. Three best. different kinds. Okay. So you different just split, split off the batches. batches and, yeah. Okay. So I do that. I'm, you know, I, I'm one of the you're those a bit brewers. of an experimenter. I am. Oh, I yeah. wish you guys were all sitting here with me while you're listening to this. <laughs> can you can you explain to them what is to my left and uh, your right? Yeah, it's kind of like a beer laboratory. Um, so it's Aquafina. That's all. So we. So I'll I'll give you just the premise of why we do experiments here. I brew every uh, barrel batch, assuming that I'm trying to get one barrel of finished beer. But I always have about you know just a small five gallon batch where I just figure that's just ex- experimental, just fun beer. I can do whatever I want with, and if it's good, I'll, I'll sell it as a limited release, or otherwise I'll just uh, enjoy it myself. Um, so this last batch I did, it was the Hop Haida, which is our Northwest style New England IPA. Um, a lot more hoppy, a little more bitter than, than the Hop Nowy. Um, and so what I did is I transferred it into a bunch of small containers, uh, liter-sized containers, and dosed those with different quantities of hops. So this was after it was fermented, uh, different quantities of different types of hops, because it's amazing. Some hops really provide that haze and some don't. Like, for example, I found that, you know, Amarillo just, no matter what, it just doesn't create a haze. You can see that those bottles are all pretty dark and, just and dishwater that, looking. You yeah, know? it has that brown, dingy yeah. dingy look where you can, it's not that you can see right through it, but you can definitely see through it more than, let's say, the ones that are labeled Galaxy and Citra over there. Yeah, so I, I think everyone knows that, you know, Citra and Galaxy are great for New England IPAs. And and, you know, just this experiment in the chemistry just kind of proves it that you look at those ones and once you get up to, you know, about uh, over a, an ounce per gallon uh, of hops, you can just see the color turn to that nice yellowy, orange juicy looking color. And that, that'll be a permanent haze too. There's a lot of confusion out there as to what causes the haze in these New England IPAs and it's chill haze or is it, you know... what. Um, protein hazes the or oats and that yeah the, yeah you're putting in the f- yeah. wheat and oats and oh yeah that that stuff all helps and um so we're we're trying to get to the root of it just like everyone else is and so it sure is like you just got to add a lot of a lot of the right kind of hops is what i'm finding so 
So what was your background before? I mean, I know you don't want to talk about yourself too much, but yeah. I mean, like, you know, you're you're growing up in Canada. Like, did, did you always found yourself fascinated with beer? Like, when did you start homebrewing? Yeah, I didn't even, I don't, you know, in Canada, you can start drinking around 19. And I don't think I had my first beer really till I was like probably 23. I was never even really that interested in beer when I was that young. Um, and then, uh, funny, it was like around, oh, I can't remember, was it? 90s i guess it was early 2000s when the wheat beers were really becoming like the big craze uh and that, that kind of made me kind of, oh wow this is actually pretty good and you know now i, I like the hoppy beers much more and then i had my first uh Chimay, i remember when i was in my mid-20s i'm like wow this doesn't even taste like beer i can't imagine you know this is just so weird it's so and interesting i've i've done you'll be the 14th podcast yeah. right so I did not heard Chimay come up at oh, all, yeah. and then I heard Chimay come up in 11, 12, and 13. Wow. <laughs> so it's crazy. It's coming it's, back. Yeah, yeah. Chimay. <laughs> and, well, a lot of it's this, that story of, like, it was the first beer that I had that was like, well, yeah. wait, this is yeah, not. Yeah, this doesn't even taste like beer. This isn't, like, water, <laughs> y- yellow yeah. water, you know. Like, right. Well, I, yeah, growing up in Canada, it was uh, it was uh, Bud. No, it's sorry. Molson. It was not, <laughs> Molson Canadian, Labatt Blue. Yeah, I, I remember like going into my Labatt. first first bar, and I didn't know anything about beer, but I knew Something about Labatt Blue. So I just said, oh, give me a Labatt Blue. I was like embarrassed because I didn't even know what else to order. <laughs> give me the Labatt. I know that one. It's <laughs> familiar. That was a long time ago. So, um, But yeah, so uh, I even actually I had an opportunity. I was a chemical engineer in Canada, and I had the opportunity to do a, a PhD at Labatt Brewery in London, Ontario, where I grew up. And at the time, I it was, it was they were going to pay me to do it as well, and it would be I could get a doctorate in beer making, and Ooh. I I just didn't uh, at that time I was like well you know I I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted to do, and um, ended up going out to the west coast and did my master's degree there in more pharmaceutical and, and yeast culturing, so I learned how to grow yeast, uh, doing a master's degree at University that's of British come Columbia. Handy now, right? Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a I started out with a one liter reactor, and we were growing a yeast that was producing a protein used for uh, like a pharmaceutical application and that's when i started to get interested in beer and then uh, by the time i moved to the u.s i was just really full on board with it and just ready to go for it there's so many craft breweries around here it was just amazing experience and i wanted to contribute to that something tells me you're going to uh (laughs) i mean you are right now but uh you you've mentioned on a number of occasions. Uh, I think I've heard the words "scaling up" mm-hmm. uh, from you. So what, what's what's yeah. the plan? What's what's the end game? Yeah. So I'm really excited to to grow the business. Uh, right now, like I said, we're trying to do it as organically as possible. We're not trying to take any big risks. We're just going slow uh, and trying to enjoy the process as much as we can. So, uh, like I said, we just started to uh, worked with. Church Street Brewing. So my goal is to brew about one batch a month with them for the foreseeable future. And that will allow us to have more volume to sell here at this brewery so that we can do our experimental batches and our bottle releases still once a month and then be able to have, you know, a couple thousand or, you know, we'll start doing the the cans as well. So we'll have cases of cans available for people. We'll do our New England IPAs and, and those kind of beers. That just got me excited, by the way. Yeah, good, good, yeah. So instead of, like, right now we have one shelf of beer, we'll still have our shelf of beer. Uh, that will be all of our, you know, uh, recipes that we're working on for scaling up and experimental recipes. And then we'll have also whatever we've brewed on the larger scale. We'll bring that all back to this brewery uh, to sell it here. Um, and then 
we're starting to look around in the Batavia area. Uh, I should give you a little background. Batavia is known as the City of Energy. That's kind of its uh, nickname because of the Fermilab, which is the particle accelerator that's famous here for, you know, busting molecules apart and figuring out you know, all the, um, um, the quirks and the quarks and stuff like that. And then also, Fermi, uh, Batavia was known for building windmills. It was one of the largest windmill manufacturers uh, in the United States a while back. And so all that energy-based construction. And it's very funny that you mentioned that because... In between time coming here to talk to you, I did take a stop at Penrose Brewing over in mm -hmm. uh, Geneva, and one of the patrons there was talking to Tom Corder, the uh, proprietor over there, and he and he was that we we had a long discussion about the windmills. Yeah, <laughs> he was he had just come back from a trip, you know, run, uh, a road trip going through the country, and he, and he was just talking about the endless amount of mm -hmm. windmills because Tom was coming back from Indianapolis uh, for for, oh, yeah. for something he was doing a, a collaboration with somebody, but. But it's it's funny because I'm now I'm looking at your shirt and I'm like holy crap there's yeah. a windmill <laughs> there's right on the shirt there. like a 70 foot fan you know blade <laughs> yeah. on each uh, on all three blades there yeah so no that's a, that's something that uh, yeah I mean grease lens pretty cool but <laughs> yeah well we we <laughs> still kept that alive energy in one city. of the beers I like I like Energy City I like the logo it's very like understated kind of reminds me of what I'm getting when I'm talking to you and yeah. what I, what I see here and so release day right okay yep. so you're you're Saturday you're you talked about the brew that goes into that. Um, how about the prep that goes into the day? I mean, yeah. is that a day in advance? Like how often? Oh, yeah. Yeah, usually that, that week in advance, it's it's uh, me calling my buddies and saying, hey, I need help bottling or I need help labeling. So we're, we're labeling, bottling, um, stacking the shelves, getting the place cleaned up because it's a production facility as well. And um, I don't have a cleaning crew, so <laughs> I've, I've got to do you that don't? all on my own. <laughs> Not yet. Well, my kids will help a little bit, but... Uh, they end up banging things around with the mop. So um, I end up doing most of the mopping. They do some of the sweeping. Uh, so, yeah, there's quite a bit of uh, preparation that goes into that. So that's also one reason why we do it once a month, because to do it twice a month is w also that weekend. Uh, it's one less day for me to, to make beer. There are there are occasions where I'll, you know, the day after the release, I'll be right back in it, at it Sunday making making a batch of beer. This past weekend, I brewed twice. So um, oh, man. just trying to kick it out. Doubling yeah. up. Yep. Pitching. Three kids, wife, <laughs> yeah, full time job, and you're finding double, finding a way to double up on brewing. That's, yeah, yeah. You must love beer geeks. Oh yeah, because we love it when you're producing more. Um, so, with that being said, you're you're balancing all this stuff. Like, what are you doing when you're not brewing beer or engineering chemicals? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Right now, I'm not doing much because <laughs> uh, you don't have yeah. any. Okay. Well, no, not so because you're just chilling on those moments. Huh? I, I used to. I say used to. Um, for the past, I guess, uh, seven years, I've been uh, doing uh, endurance running, like ultra marathons and stuff like that. Uh, I w that was my hobby for quite a while, but it's time kind of a time-consuming ordeal. Uh, kind of the pinnacle was that as I did the 100-mile foot race in California last year called the Western States 100. So you're running ultra marathons too. Well, I, I don't say two. I did. <laughs> so I, I was running ultra marathons last year. Uh, when I had the time, but now that we're in full scale, like how many ultra marathons have you run? Um, I've uh, run about nine 100 mile runs, so I try to do Good like one a year. Lord, <laughs> yeah, 
I'm sorry, I don't want to pivot the podcast because we're talking don't. about beer, but I also want to know like what yeah. are those like? I well, don't... it gives me lots of time to think about beer recipes. I like yeah. that. You know, cuz these 100-mile races they they take about 24 hours to run. So I'm I'm aware of a lot of them, but that's oh, just yeah. because I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan makes oh. no bones about he lived Cam Hayes, I don't know if you're familiar with Cameron Hayes, big ultra marathon runner as well. But I, I follow a few of those. Uh, what's yeah. uh, that? That the, the one that just happened, the 250 mile one that in the desert recently. Oh yeah, and, uh, the yeah, Moab. Bad water. The oh, Moab. The Moab. That's oh, yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so that girl that that wanted, uh, she was on his podcast. Wow. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Like how physically? I mean, how do you do it slowly? Do just like making beer. <laughs> take, how do take you your prepare time? for that? Are you running marathon a day? Just yeah. prepare for it, like. Well, you know the 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 best runners do. They do. Uh, they'll they'll run a marathon in the morning, and then or they'll do twenty miles in the morning, and then maybe a little cool down five mile run in the after, in the evening or something. But no, for me, uh, you know, balancing all of these things, um, the best most I got up to was about fifty miles. And when I was doing my best, like this was a bunch of years ago, I do a marathon on the weekend just for fun. You know, I'm just out on the trails, and then about five miles a day during my lunchtime and. But yeah, right now it's, uh, I don't think I've run since uh, probably <laughs> December. You haven't run at all? No. Like not even I'm like not, a I'm not really an obsessive miles, runner. Like, no. Okay. I can like take it or leave it. Oh, it's, wow. It's, it's, but then you wanted to run a hundred miles. Right. Yeah. I heard about that race a bunch of years ago and then I thought, well, it was, yeah. that was my goal. Yeah. I could do this. Yeah. I tried. Uh, just like I can do a brewery. So that's we'll see. so freaking <laughs> interesting though. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. I think that, that that's another thing that uh, drives you. Yeah. Is, is hey, I want to yeah. do some long, long running. Yeah. All right. So sorry. I, mean, I didn't mean to get distracted on it. Well, oh, I was oh. going to say, well, it kind of, you know, so making beer is a bit of an endurance event. So I, I have, you know, when I was doing homebrew, I, I had about 12 hours invested in every batch. Uh, now I have about, it takes me about 24 just with all the extra sanitation and the bottle labeling and all that stuff and the capping and the presentations and all that or the presentation of the beer on the on the shelves and getting it all ready um so it is it is a long commitment in time to to make a beer and so it's you got to have you got to be making something you really love to, to to be willing to do that um so yeah so i guess i think i have a theme of endurance in my life i used to do i got this poster beside us here it's a picture of my mountain bike uh from when i was uh into mountain bike racing. So I used to do that as well. I used to do a lot of mountain bike touring and I've bicycled through, I spent seven months riding my bike through Africa and I spent you know, a couple months riding Every my bike through India. Every sentence that you say, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, wait, is this guy real? Is this yeah. happening? Okay, sorry, go ahead. Go so ahead. yeah, so I biked through England and Ireland and Scotland and Africa and India and uh, Nepal and um, west coast of the US, of course, you know, the, through the Cascade Mountains. And so the, so that gave way to my running and then I ran, you know, ran and ran and got up to my hundred mile races. And so now my next endurance event is this, uh, this beer business. So what would you, would you rather do run or bike? <laughs> well, I definitely like, what, what oh, and I tried you? triathlon in the middle. I did a half Ironman, but I, that was just, I don't know, too much running and biking and swimming all in the same time. Yeah. Too, yeah. too much to juggle. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I I really like the simplicity of running. Just yeah. you go out your door with your shoes on, and you know, that's Oneness. all you need. Yeah. yeah, the biking you got all the extra gear and maintaining the bike and stuff. And I don't I don't mean I don't hope it doesn't sound insulting when I say, but that's kind of the feeling I got with uh with the stout was, was like mm -hmm. simplicity, well done. I got you know it, yeah. it, it didn't have to be like yeah. this big thing you know right. It was very just, is that something that you were going for when you made it or just kind of just yeah. turned out that way? Well, the stout is an interesting story. Um, 
I, my brewing mentor uh, is Joe Formanak. He is a uh, basically a a master home brewer and has brewed at many commercial places. You know, a lot of his recipes have been scaled up. Um, he's a home brewer that I met. Is uh, he an Illinois guy? Is he yeah, yeah, Bolingbrook, uh, the best brewer I know. Um, and uh, he um, was very very involved with his homebrew club. I was involved with uh, Urban Knaves of Grain. Urban a, Knaves of Grain. Yeah, and great. And are they out of Bolingbrook? Are they no, in the area, they, uh, the southwest they suburbs? They meet uh, in Downers Grove right now. Oh, in Downers uh, Grove. The last okay. Wednesday of every month in the evening. Um, they meet there and exchange beer. And so um, Joe had this awesome imperial style recipe and he's always very sharing with his recipes and, and it's, it's, it's very complicated and it's amazing. There's like a 12 ingredients in it, 12 different malts, I should say, and then several different uh, hops. And, and at um, some point, did they just get lost or can you really like, do you need well, all 12? That I mean, sounds he, crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's a grandmaster be yeah, beer yeah, judge as well. Maestro. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to uh, judge his symphony. But uh, it's it's quite an amazing beer. I like the way you did that. <laughs> um, but uh, and you know, I, and I brewed that beer, and I've I've won awards with it, just like so many other people have. He's, he does an amazing job. Uh, this beer so does is Joel take those as Joe, his award. Joe does Joseph. he take those as as his awards? He's like those are well, technically he, mine. <laughs> he his house is decorated with awards, so I don't think right, he cares David, anymore. You can <laughs> have one. He's won the national homebrew competition several times, and uh, yeah, so he's well respected as probably one of the the best homebrewers in the country. Um, and he has this amazing recipe, and he he taught me a lot about beer tasting and beer flavors, and you know um, what people expect when they drink certain types of beer, and and how you can adjust the recipe to achieve those flavors. And um, but yeah, so this recipe that I do is is inspired by that, but it's greatly simplified. So I only have maybe four or five malts in it versus the twelve. And I use. Uh, he's really dumbed it down, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, to my tasting, you know. So yeah, he's got. He had a lot of extra different malts in there. And, Tastes pretty darn good. Um, and it's all English ingredients, so he, he used a bunch of different, you know, Belg, Belgian and German ingredients. And so this is really a, what I perceive as a classic English um, imperial stout, all imported malts and hops. Um, in this case, like I said, this one is actually brewed with a California ale. American yeast, so it's it's much more simple, and it doesn't have the the residual body that our usual uh, stout does. So it doesn't uh, overly coat your tongue or anything. You know, it mm. it, it kind of leaves that. Uh, yeah, yeah. This one uh, normally these the, the, this kind of beer would finish much more sweeter and more full bodied, but this California ale yeast just chews through those extra sugars and and leaves it much drier and higher alcohol. So this one, our normal beer would be about ten and a half percent. And this one is 11 and a half just because of the extra, all those extra that, sugars being converted. When you're talking about this, you're talking about specifically this bottling of it or this version yes, of this it that version, you just yeah. brewed. Because you've done this one multiple times oh, before yeah. uh, in bottles and everything. And yes. sold. You said you've done four Saturdays, right, so far? Yeah, four uh, Saturdays. selling them to the public like yeah. this? Yeah, so we did about, uh, so backing up to last year when we did our first brew uh, last um, St. Patrick's Day, uh, we did kegs for about six months. We were just selling kegs around uh, locally. And then um, for the last six months, we've been, do, well, I guess four months now, I guess we've been doing the bottle releases, and we'll, we'll do those for a couple more months. And then we hope to be able to then you know, move to the next phase where we'll have more, more frequent openings and maybe opening somewhere else and we're looking around for bigger, um, bigger facility. 
So somebody can't just contact you and buy a six barrel from you, I take it. No. For my home kegerator. Yeah. My my line is there. Well, I I really need to share the beer with people. I don't want my beer (laughs) sitting in one guy's basement so he can share it with his six buddies. What about my garage? Well, just kidding. Just kidding. kidding. (laughs) So, yeah, we really, you know, the kegs was great. We got out out in the restaurants. We had lots of people trying our beer. That created some reputation. So people were willing to come to actually, you know, take a risk and buy a bottle from us and, um, we really appreciate that. And but I mean, so dang, I mean, what I saw here mm-hmm. last month, I mean, you got something, something's going on. Yeah, here. we like, probably had. People like it. So just for perspective, you know, we probably had about 300 people come through. So it's, you know, we're not talking like, you know, it's it's not Dark Lord Day or anything like that, but it's it's a good, <laughs> it was a good time. Um, You're getting real big now. I mean, yeah. but, but seriously, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a really nice showing for, yeah, thank you, you know, and like I said, I came all the way out here from, yeah. An hour drive because I wanted mm-hmm. to try something special and something yeah. that you know that nobody else has yeah. has had. I mean, and every time I tell somebody about it, it mm-hmm. you know, because God, you know, you know, beer guys. I don't know, I don't know how often you, how much time you spend around beer guys <laughs> like myself that are just drinkers and purveyors of the beer, but. Yeah. You can sit down on any old bar stool, and I could tell them about Energy City. I might tell eight people in one mm-hmm. day, you know, at the yeah, local bottle great. shop. So it's in, you yeah. know, in, in nine times out of ten, it's the guy going. Wait, they're where? Wait, what? what? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of this. Like, yeah. go on their Facebook page. Go like them. Go, you know, like yeah. every Saturday, you know, and they're like, wait, what? what? I'm like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. 10 minutes south of Penrose, you know, because everybody knows where like certain places are. Yeah. So you give them landmarks. And I got a feeling that next month you're going to see another extra, you know, 100 people well, here. Well, we hope so. Yeah. Well, we should have another extra 100 bottles this this month. So, hey. yeah, we, we don't even have Bodes well uh, for me. St- street yeah. uh access so you have to actually get to our place through the parking lot behind wilson street which is in batavia so that was the most fun i was watching (laughs) i like i think we barked at the walgreens across the way we saw one guy just pulled right up here and he just oh yeah he just barked it running along (laughs) the building behind you there and yeah yeah they they look like they knew what they were doing yeah we're 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 definitely trying to expand it's it's fun right now and it's got a novelty to it uh but you know we once in a while do get some calls from people oh it's i can't find your place it's kind of frustrating or people saying you know oh we you sold out a beer, you know, that that's disappointing or whatever. So, but we really, that's actually the web. That's what the, <laughs> yeah. that's the internet. That's not your fault. Well, that that's just true. the internet. It's just a different animal now. Yeah. Cause, Cause you get, you know, you get 400 that, that love. And then there's three that, mm-hmm. you know, that don't. And then they, they get to be the louder, the louder minority. And, yeah. you know, it's crazy. I, I don't know how brewers or places or all deal with any of it. I yeah. mean, it, the, the more I talk to, you know, people in the business, it's, and they're so uh, you try to you, you try to give the squeaky wheel the grease sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's you're just never going to get on top of it. You're yeah. just never going to beat it. I yeah. think what you guys are doing here is amazing. So, and I think most people are going to agree with that. Yeah, well, we've had they taste it. We've had great feedback on social media. We really primarily use Instagram and Facebook. A lot most people that come in here, we ask them how they heard about us. It's oh, we saw your ad on Facebook. We saw your your event. Next um, month it will be average Joe's above average beer podcast. Well, that's that true. Is why hear about it from there. You're gonna be like, there's 600 people out there. <laughs> They're all wearing average Joe T-shirts. No, no, that's not <laughs> gonna happen. But, but no, you're definitely gonna cu- pick up a couple people in that line next month. I hope so. Yeah, you definitely will. But well, we'll look forward to that. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's it's a cool it's a cool concept. It's a cool uh, experience once you get yeah. in here. Like the, the thing I really thought was cool once I got broke the threshold here and I felt heat which mm-hmm. was awesome but <laughs> but uh 
the the chalkboard. You get you have the giant chalkboard uh, right when you walk in. So when you're kind of waiting to get up yeah. to to David himself while he's handing out samples, and that you're 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 looking at this big chalkboard. I mean, it's not a chalkboard; it's a wall. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a wall painted with that paint. chalk uh, <laughs> paint. Yeah, yeah. But and you know, the 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 beer seeker and geek in me was all sad because there were like these little variants. That, so talk about the, like mm. the little the little one offs that you're <clears> doing <throat> at these releases. Yeah. So like I said. Um, most of our batches, or pretty much all of them, I always plan to end up with <clears throat> one extra small batch of like five gallons worth of. So that's kind of like the my old uh, homebrew home roots. Feel, yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, it's just like old days. <clears throat> so with that, I usually add either a different kind of yeast or some different kinds of hops. So mostly I'm experimenting. I really like Britannomyces. Um, and. Um, Everyone loves it now. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it is or what it does. Most of yeah. the, most guys like me, but like the more I talk to brewers about it, they mm. talk about bretomyces and yeah. uh, Britannomyces and Saccharomyces, and uh, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it can it can add a lot of dimension to the beer. I'm one of those brewers that really feel that my job is to put the ingredients together in the right orders and the right combination so that the yeast can make the beer. So I don't really consider myself the beer maker. You know, I'm the the brewer that allows the yeast to do what they do best, which is an amazing, amazing thing. So I really, like I said, uh, most of our beer, before we even think about scaling it up or selling it, we've brewed it with a couple different kinds of yeast. Um, I like a lot of English strains of yeast. Um, usually try American Ale yeast strain and and then a Britannomyces strain. And there's, well, there's several Brett strains, Bruxellensis, Lambicus, and Amylus, and Glacini. So we try those depending on what, what kind of beer it is. Um, so lately what I've been doing with the New England IPAs is um, I like using the Britannomyces, where you've been using Classini, but I'm trying to work with the Anomalous now. It's a different strain. Can you, like, layman explain the difference or no? Is it too hard? Well, uh, they're the same. Um, what is it? Genus is the Britannomyces, and the species is, is either Bruxellensis. So Bruxellensis is typically like a Belgian style. The Lambicus is what you'd make Lambic beers out of, you know, the really funky, that cherry pie kind True of flavor. Lambic, yeah. Yep. Um, the uh, Classini is the strain of Britannomyces that was collected from, uh, well, this is, rumor has it anyway, collected from barrels that were fr in England, like that they used to send, like, across to India for sending the India Pale Ales. So it's a kind of an, an English, more mild version of the Brett. It doesn't have a lot of that phenolic, uh, and phenols you can think of as medicinal, so plastic or Band-Aid or, you know. Band-Aid, that's Band -Aid. what I hear everyone saying. Yeah, so yeah. try to, eat, I, so some of them are get too Band-Aid-y, so, you know, the, the Classini is, is not so strong in that category, uh, the Anomalous, and I think those go well, well with the New England IPAs because, um, <clears throat> you know, hops and really phenolic don't really go well together, so that's why I don't like, you know, a lot of Belgian IPAs or things like that don't really sit well with me, but the Classini and the Anomalous, they had this sort of horsey kind of barney, barnyard yeah, the, uh, flavor. horse blanket uh, flavor <clears throat> yeah. that I've heard described. Horse blanket, which, which I think goes well and actually adds a little pineapple flavor too. Um, the Classini especially, if you do 100% Classini, uh, it really gets this pineapple character, which goes well with like a Galaxy, which has that kind of um, they play together papaya well. flavor. Yeah. So we usually have about 20 bottles of some experimental 
um, Brett beer available. What was the example this this time around? You had like a the yeah. Hopnawi or something. Yeah, that we was had the very, very Hopnawi. We call them all the anomalies. So Hopnawi okay. anomaly. I was trying to pull that word, and like, yeah. I remember they've been under yeah. like a labeling on the yeah. bottom of the chalkboard, and yep. as they got crossed off, and everybody cried a little bit. As they <laughs> yeah, so we do the anomalies. Um, so basically, our anomalies are the version of the beer that's brewed with Britannomyces. So we. This past month, we did a mixed fermentation with Saccharomyces and Britannomyces to try to mellow out the Brett character. The previous month, we did 100% Brett, which I get I got was a little phenolic for my liking, a little too in your face with the plasticky, uh, you know, Band-Aid flavors. But you know, so we're trying to find the happy medium with that, and that's what's great about these doing these experimental beers. I was gonna say you you talked about it many times. Experimental, you have yeah. this space for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. So yeah, even talking to Church Street, I said, "Oh, so will you guys use Brett here?" And they're like, eh, "Well, maybe not. We'll have to think about that." You know, I'm like, "Okay, I understand. I understand." Get it? I got my little <laughs> one barrel back here. Yeah, I, I said, "Okay, well, we'll do." Yeah, I'll so play once we my can, Brett games over here. Yeah, once we start brewing bigger batches up there, uh, we can do uh, our smaller. You know, well, in this case, we'll scale up from five gallons to one barrel. Anyway, we'll do the the one barrel Brett beers here. You know, I, personally, I've I brewed with Brett for you know ten plus years. And uh, it is an aggressive yeast. It can get it, it forms spores, so it's hard to clean out. It can. It's really resilient. You almost have to have like dedicated equipment just yeah. for that part yeah. of the brew. So we have, uh, yeah, we have dedicated tap handles. We have dedicated uh, kegs and and uh, fermenters that we use for for the bread, just just to be safe. But um, I think in the last ten years, maybe I've only had two beers that have been accidentally uh, contaminated with bread. So that's not too bad. So do you have? Uh I mean, all this talk about Bretts and Saccharomyces, mm-hmm. it makes me instantly think, like, do you have plans for some sours, quote-unquote? Yeah, yeah I, I do like the sours. I went through a sour phase, you know, five, ten years ago, or five, five years ago. Um, <clears throat> was brewing a lot of, like, I like the Flanders red ales and the brown ales. They, t- they take a long time. Now, there's new techniques with the kettle souring. Yeah, the kettle souring is kind of a... Quicker, fast. Yep. Is that is that that's just you know layman understanding of, of <clears throat> what brewers have told mm. me. Yeah, you need to get the pH down to get that kind of tartness to it. And that's um, something you can basically you're boiling and killing you know that bacteria yeah. that could cause a risk you know and a different way of making that would could affect lines and that, that yeah. you're talking about. Okay. Well, <clears throat> so with the kettle souring, you can use the lactobacillus and they can lower the pH and provide that tartness right up front even before you actually put in like the Saccharomyces or the other Brett uh, yeast, whatever you're using. Um, traditionally, and how I used to make them, is you'd make a normal beer and then you would add a, a, a sour culture to it. And that sour culture would have to grow up. It would take a couple years. It would grow really slowly because it's already got alcohol in the beer and it has to fight through all that. Um, so, you know, I, I invested two or three years in each of my beers I was making and I enjoyed them for sure. But Oh, I uh, bet. So that's that's my mentality of how sour beers used to be made. I haven't done too many of the kettle soured beers, which you can you know turn them out really quick. Yeah. Right, almost like a like a pale ale. I mean, yeah, you can almost yeah. turn them around that fast. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I do. I do, I do like the sours, um, <clears throat> but like like I said, right now. But when you make it, you kind of want to make like a true version of that. <clears throat> yeah, we'll probably do both. Right. Yeah. So, but we don't have a lot of barrel room here in our <laughs> small facility, um, <clears throat> and you do need to. If you want to do it right, you know, age them in barrels for a year or so, I think. Yeah, that's it's one of those things that, that interests everybody. I mean, 
is that is that something that you see down the road? Uh, you know, you're going to be dealing with. I, I don't know what what that would involve with Church Street. If, if it'd be like a forever home for you guys, or or like a kind of a means <clears throat> to get you moving some more to get like your own space, or is that? Yeah, exactly. I I, I like I said, I've been, we've been kind of going in six month intervals. We did six months of kegs. Now we're doing six months of bombers, and then we're going to do at least six months or more. Just try with, not to get Church over Street. your skis and that. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then uh, use that uh, to, to, you know, raise interest and, and um, um, look at a bigger place. And then, then we can do our own. I figure, yeah, we'll, once we get a bigger place, we'll start doing our start own. Start building sours. that barrel program. Yep. You can get some sours and get some, you know, Oh yeah. Belgian style. Papuchik, uh, yep. barrel aged. Uh, oh yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you know, people will be clean as soon as people, but all, all this catches on, people are just going to be wondering when you're putting in wood. When you yeah. put it in wood, yeah, I'm I'm really a fresh beer lover. You know, I I like I like beer when it's fresh. Even the stouts, I like them. Like this this one was brewed, uh, let's see, bottled uh, just a four days ago. Yeah, and which I don't know if I've before. ever had a Russian Imperial no. Stout that was brewed that soon yeah. where I t- I drank it and <clears> it was outstanding so yeah and it, and it was different than the one that i have at home it was different yeah. than the one that you i mean yeah this was a lot cleaner. Like drastically different but it's a it's no it's different. With, yeah with the california ale yeast uh it really almost becomes more like a like almost like a black ipa like because it really emphasizes the the hops and the chocolate character and that sort of sweet roastiness kind of uh the, the sweetness anyway really falls away when you use a one of those a more attenuating yeast that um kind of let the let the ingredients kind of stand out yeah, I mean, it, it hit some notes that I just don't remember hitting when I popped that other mm-hmm. bottle, uh, you know, that I bought here last last month. So yeah, and I we thought it was, <clears throat> I thought it was excellent. Yeah, last month we had a beer that was was that first beer we had a couple kegs left over, the small kegs, the Sixtals, and uh, so we bottled them. And so some of those that beer for sale last month was from a year ago. So oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So. You really seem to approach it. I mean, am I wrong in saying that you approach this beer thing from like the science angle? Uh, it's very, uh, I don't know how to like thought out. I guess. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty scientific in nature. I really enjoy the the process of brewing. Um, I like you know the, the whole water chemistry. I really pay attention to the the, the pH along the way, and you know monitoring. The, the brewing process <clears throat> um, throughout everything from the, the kettle to the fermentation and the packaging and what happens with the pH before and after dry hopping, stuff like that. You know, I, I'm interested in that and how the ingredients meld together and, uh, you know, what certain yeasts lower the pH more than other yeasts and stuff like that. So I, re- I really do get into that. Uh, I'm not. I guess I'm not intimidated by the science behind it. I read a lot of articles, journals. Makes a lot of sense. Though. I mean, where your background lies, mm. but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're definitely not intimidated by the science of it. But it's just interesting, you know, because I've talked to guys from different breweries and uh, you know, guys that own local breweries in the southwest suburbs, and that it's like they kind of just mm. brew, you know. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not that. I mean, and I'm sure they they think about certain things yeah. and they worry about their water and that. But but when I'm talking to you, I really get that uh, feeling. Uh, of, of like every step has its importance and mm-hmm. there's science behind each step and you know you don't want to you know half-ass the water and right. then concentrate on just everything you know you you kind of feel like you step through the process and just looking over at your miniature experiment here you <laughs> know housing 15 or 20 bottles mm-hmm. of uh small little yep. one liter batches i mean it's pretty it's pretty interesting just to see like kind of behind the curtain i guess yeah. of, of how something like this is made so 
science has a lot to do with what the way you approach yeah, your beer. Yeah, I think beer is you know it's 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 part art, part science. I think and. Uh, I enjoy both aspects of it. I really and I, and the history too, right? There's history, there's art, there's science, and it's it's a great you know kind of a cultural you know amalgamation of all these cool things. History, art, science are like uh, mm-hmm. I th- I think you just kind of hit on all the observations I've made since I walked through the front door earlier. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at I'm talking to you and you you know you mentioned you're, like, you're not a huge talkative guy and no. then you, I'm looking at the wall and you're referring to this this art piece that was your mm-hmm. mountain bike. And then yep. uh, I noticed at the release and then even when I walked in here, you've got music playing and then you mm-hmm. told the story about how music kind of inspired a, a piece of that, you know, mm-hmm. that, so you have that really crazy meld of creative, but also scientific, you know, Thanks. it's, it's, it's kind of a, a great combination, which I think uh, kind of ties into the balance that you've shown with these beers. Cause yeah. these new England's and these Russian Imperial stouts can go to such extremes to, let's say like the pastry stout, which is huge right oh, now yeah. in the beer yep. world. And, and the just thick, chewy, mm. I, you know, new England IPA, that's just loaded with hop and, and orange juice it, it flavoring. Yeah. I mean, you've struck some kind of like, you know, crazy balance with mm-hmm. it that not everybody's able to hit at this point. Yeah. So I don't mean to keep throwing rose petals at your feet. I'm sure it's <laughs> no. making you uncomfortable to hear <laughs> that, <right>. but <laughs> you know, no, thank you. I appreciate the feedback, yeah. but it kind of, it kind of like ties in everything. Cause it's, you're not just uh number science uh, measurements. Cause no, know. well, and you also have to be really flexible too, cause it's an organic process. And sometimes the beer just doesn't turn out or it goes a different way. And and if you're, you're thinking say, about right, it on the scientific well, level, that might cause a lot of frustration. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you can't. I mean, you you can can you can set the conditions for the yeast, and you hope they do their job. And uh, but sometimes they they don't, and you have to roll with it. Or sometimes the beer doesn't turn out quite as you you thought it was going to. And you know sometimes it turns out for the better. You know so. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get over the smell of the hop now. I don't know what <laughs> it is. I don't know what you did here, but yeah, yeah it's, it's it's something special. So. How about guys like me? Do you do you have much contact with guys like me that just love beer? I mean, that just like I'm not. I would never win a homebrew contest. I don't right. know a whole lot about the science behind it. I just know I love to show up at breweries and drink mm-hmm. the art that other people are making. Yeah. Like, do you have a lot of contact with those people? Or are you kind of isolated? Well, um, currently we're a little bit isolated because we're we're only open once a month, right? So uh, we get to talk to those people. But again, it's it's a busy busy time. We got. Like I said, we sold out in about one hour last couple Saturdays ago, and we and had just about 300 people come a, through. It, just do it. it. It's a cool experience, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not trying to sell you on anything. The beer is worth waiting for, and I know you've waited in, in line for worse beer. <laughs> so uh, it, it's a cool experience. I think you'll get it. You'll get it cool. when you when you come here and feel the energy. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, so so I don't have a lot of time to, to talk and share stories. I wish I did. Um that's why we are we are interested in having a tap room where you know I can be there more often and talking to people. Um, I I am involved still with that uh, homebrew club, so a lot of real big homebrew advocates there. Um, although homebrewers, you know, they like to just make their own beer, so they'll come out and buy one bottle and say, "Hey, good job," and then just go support. home. Support, <laughs> yeah, support. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I just found that out myself because I have, uh, episode eleven was uh, Joliet Brewers Guild. Okay, the, the dudes they were awesome. I mean, just yeah. just a, the best time hanging out with them and hearing about how they do everything. But but like you said, I I didn't even think about that because I'm thinking they're beer people, so they're just like me. They're just looking for beer, and I you mm. realize they're drinking their beer. They're drinking yeah, the they ones that they're it. making yeah. or that their buddies making, or you yeah. know, they all got together on Saturday 
brewed this beer and then oh, three, yeah. three weeks later after all, you know, yeah. fermentation, all that stuff, they're drinking that beer. Yeah. And I'd recommend, you know, for people that love drinking beer, just, you know, get with a buddy, learn how to make your own beer too. It's it's a lot of fun. It's you, so much fun. Yeah. I can Joe, you're saying you're getting into it too. I can attest to that. Just in the last month, <clears throat> I've brewed three beers. That's yeah. from none. And, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and, you know, I brewed an IPA, a, a stout and an APA and it, it, so much fun and i got one in my in my fridge it's awesome pour it out mm-hmm. of your own keg and go sit down yeah. and just just sniff your dry hopping you mm-hmm. know just oh. kinda, you just develop such an appreciation for what goes into the beer the know? weird thing is is now now i can taste hops better i feel like mm-hmm. now because oh, I've, yeah. I've pulled them out of the one ounce bags and things and like dug my nose into them and now yeah. i'm like oh yeah there yeah. it is now yeah we've also done that this uh when we first, the first couple months we were open, when we had fewer people here and it was a little more laid back, slower, um, we had, I had made posters for each of the beers that we were selling and I had the ingredients laid out in small little, little containers. Almost like a presentation of sorts. Yeah, like so you could see, okay, that's what flaked corn like, looks like. That's what flaked wheat looks. That's what's in my beer. Yeah, that's what the hops look like and smell like. And, you know, this is the roast. I had the roasted barley, you know, for the papuchik, for example, I had all the different grains that went into that one so they could see what the crystallized malts would look like and the uh, uh, roasted barley looked like. And so uh, I didn't do that this past month, but it, it reminds me what you just said, that we should do that more often. Just to, so, you know, I'm just so used to, like, I know what all the ingredients look like, smell like, taste like. When I'm, when I'm milling the grains, I'm chewing on them and seeing what this one tastes like versus that one. And, um, and, but most people don't get to see that. Uh, Josh uh, Mowry over at uh, Viscatonic that I interviewed him last night for the podcast, and he mentioned the uh, chewing on grain, uh, oh, yeah. chewing on your malt, and he's like, yeah. it's not going to tell you exactly what your malt's going to do, but it, it'll at least get you a baseline oh, yeah. of like, okay, this is what it could be, and yep. this is what, it, okay. And it's something that, like I said, he also mentioned something, which I, I like the way he put it uh, about... Uh, breaking through that barrier across the bar like let's say you know in a tap room setting it's like you as the brewer may not know how to bridge that 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 gap through the through the barrier to the guy on the other side of the bar yeah. that's receiving your beer like because you're in your world and yeah. you have your own life and yep. you've got children and a wife and <laughs> a job and 100 mile races and god knows yeah. what i know i know not anymore but mm-hmm. but it's like oh. Sometimes it's hard to find that perspective to be like, what's that guy that's yeah. drinking this beer? What's the end user yep. uh, feel like? Yeah, but, we, but I'm kind of your typical end user, so just look at me. Yeah. Uh, oh, see perfect. the excitement well, you, that I have about, yeah, about I'm excited it? excited, like, too. And I've given your beer to other people that are, you know, yeah. in into the world pretty deep. Guys that are, you know, making trades, you know, mm-hmm. all over the or all over the state, you know, yeah. for their favorite beers. And I've handed them this and like, dude, that's try cool. this, you know, and they... Yeah, it's good. It's good feedback. That's one reason why uh, currently, since we such have limited volume, we do a two bottle minimum. And I, I want to do the two bottles just in case people do want to share one. You know, they want to have one for themselves and share it with some some of their friends. So well, let me tell you, you nailed it on that part, because yeah. that is exactly what happened with me is like my wife and I do our drinking together most mm-hmm. of the time. You know, like yeah. a couple times a week, we'll pop a bottle open and 22 ounce bottle or whatever it is. And but I've got my buddies that when we are lucky enough to find time away from children and family and other mm-hmm. stuff that I want to be able to share that with them and be like, guys, you don't even know, check this, check this beer out. Like this guy yeah. is once a month, four yep. hours he's open for on a Saturday. Uh, so it, it definitely worked out on that. part. I mean, I wish you would give me four. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. buy four yeah. hop now when I come in, but yeah, yeah I'm not going to soon. Cry about soon. It. I'd say maybe let's say we were hoping to do, well, I'm still sourcing out. I actually, it was, 
I called Australia <laughs> this week. I called Australia where the toilets flush the other way. <laughs> and I asked them for more Galaxy Hops. They haven't called me back So what yet. did Australia say? <laughs> well, they haven't called me back, but I, I called the farm where they grow the Galaxy. And I said, we is need it like Is it one farm hops. or is it multiple farms in, in, I, in I believe in there are multiple farms, but I found the first one that I could find and left them a voicemail. Saying we're anxious to, I said, you know. We'd really our, love your hops. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, our, our flagship beer is made with Galaxy Hops, and we just can't get it. Well, you said a dirty word, flagship. Is that what you call it? You call it a flagship? Well, okay. I don't think anyone can predict their flagships, right. but um, uh, it's our most popular beer at this point. Um, and it is, it is good. I really there do enjoy go. it. Uh, and That's the worst curse I've heard you say <laughs> since we sat down. You said flagship. Yeah. He's a very well, proper guy. I, I, I like to think that we have a pretty diverse lineup. We do a lot of hoppy beers, a lot of stouts. We have some lagers, and I'm actually doing some. I'm gonna, this weekend I'm brewing a uh, smoked Hefeweizen. Um, so I'm I excited. haven't had any luck with those. What, what are you going to oh. do to make this, make well, this one one that I'm going to want to buy? Okay. Um, I've done it a few times. Um, You've got to make sure that it's not, there's no crystal malts in it. I find if it, anything is sweet or too bitter, does not go with the smoke. Where so does the smoke come from? A smoke gun? Or is it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how are you infusing the smoke? Well, uh, I just so did we air try, quotes, sorry, uh, for those uh, of you listening. German, it, so it's imported from Germany from the um, Weirman uh, maltster, and it's a beechwood smoked malt, and so we'll use about 20, uh, 20% of the smoked malt with the Pilsner malt and some wheat malt. So so if I'm home brewing and I want to make a smoke some, can I yeah. take my malt and throw it in my meat smoker for so long with some you cherry could, yeah, wood? You could, yeah, with the right kind of wood. Yeah, cherry wood is a good one, yeah. Yeah, so some people do that. You got to make sure it doesn't, home brewers. doesn't make sure it doesn't dry out too much. Okay. And I haven't done it, but look it up on the internet. There's there's ways to do it. I think you have to make sure the the grain's moist. Yeah, once you wade through all mm. the crappy untapped stuff, yeah. yeah, then you can then you can find it. No. Yeah, we actually kidding, kidding. Uh, <laughs> for the uh, the Elska restaurant in Chicago, uh, they have a smoker there, and so I took um, f- fifty pounds of our grain to them, and they smoke a lot of their vegetables. So and I said, well, can you smoke some of this malt, and then I'll brew a beer for you guys, and it'll be like your smoked beer, and so they were really excited about that. Did they look that. at you cross-eyed or anything? <laughs> well, what? The, like I said, uh, the I know the 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 bar manager there, and he's also a home brewer, so he he knew what I was. Oh, talking so he was kind of like, I know your crazy yeah. stuff. I'm I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Let's do this. So so we did that, um, and I brewed them. As, it was a small batch. I only did uh, you know it was just a five gallon batch. They they're mostly a wine and a fine dining restaurant, so they don't do a lot of beer, but but yeah, they they but really they do enjoyed Energy City beer. They so, did that, yeah. So, so a fine that, beer. Yeah. They they smoked the malt there, um, and it wasn't really intense, so I had to up the percentage. I did about fifty percent of the smoked malt in that recipe, and it turned out pretty good. And the um, so we're gonna brew uh, brew that again uh, pretty soon. But I'm gonna for this time, I'm just using the German smoked malt. So when you see me in line this month, and <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, there's Joe, you're gonna have to say, "You told me you'd buy the smoked one. You yeah. told me you'd try it at least." So yeah, I'll uh, I gotta stick a, to it. Yeah, it's a quick recipe. You, you can you really realistically you can brew a, a wheat beer in about one week so it's a fast really yeah i didn't know that it's I've, fast I, I've never heard that but yeah. nobody's ever told me that the only beer that i can turn around in in seven days really i can if you have a party next weekend and you need a beer i could brew a smoked beer that's interesting or no a wheat beer and that, yeah the wheat, the wheat. well because it ferments out real quick because usually they're pretty low gravity 
and um, they're okay to be hazy because you know it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a hefeweizen, for example. So yeah, why not? It takes about four the, days to the ferment. OG uh, hazy. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't need a lot of conditioning time. So yeah, you can turn those out pretty quick. Whereas most you know IPAs will take at least two weeks, and then the lagers will take four to six weeks. Man, I feel like uh, you 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 led me in here thinking that. You weren't going to have anything to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys don't even know. You guys wouldn't be able to tell from listening, but uh, he was a little worried about what he was going to, how long he was going to be able to talk mm-hmm. or what he was going to You nailed it. You nailed right. it. You're, you're already an hour and 20, 12 minutes in. Can you believe that? You've been talking to Time's me for Time's going an hour by pretty minutes? fast. Yeah. But I mean, is there anything you want to leave the uh, the uh, average Joe listener with? Kind of like, hey, like it's we're doing big things. We've got stuff yeah. in the future. I mean, get out here. It's... Well, I would say we wouldn't be doing this without you guys. So we really appreciate everyone's support on on, on the internet, coming out here to, to to taste our beer, to try our beer, to give us support. You know, it's a lot of encouragement, and uh, there's no way we'd be growing without the the support we've had. And so we're really excited about that. Um, we've got this plan. We want to execute it. We want to make more beer for. More thirsty beer lovers out there. Slow and steady, though. Slow yeah, we're going and steady. Slow. Don't go crazy. Yeah. Well, because right now you're hitting that, like you you, you said the word novelty. Like it mm-hmm. kind of sounds nasty to say novelty, you know, but but it's a cool thing. I mean, it's really, I mean, for myself, just ha- just opening my fridge and seeing your beers in there, I'm like, I'm one of the few <laughs> people that has this beer in my fridge cool. right now. Yeah. And I know a lot of beer lovers that wouldn't mind having something special like that that they don't, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty novel. There's there's not a lot of this beer out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we're really excited that uh, those of you that have had it have been able to give us feedback. And honestly, I do look at the feedback. So I look on Untapped, and if someone says, well, it's a little too sweet or, oh, it's a little bit. I, th- I, I honestly, I look at that stuff, and I think, okay, yeah, I got enough feedback. The science maybe, starts kicking in. You're like, yeah, what can okay, I do to adjust what that? can I do to fix that? Yeah. So uh, all with a grain of salt, of course. I know, you know, I get lots of different reviews, but, you know, everyone's been real supportive, and uh, we're really excited. Uh, we want to start expanding our, our lineup, too. When the spring and summer comes, we want to be doing some more Belgian beers. So How about... uh? So March, what, do you have a, a game plan already for March, or is it kind of developing right now? Yeah, so um, so for March, I think it's March 3rd, will okay. be our next release. Oh, February 3rd, um, March 3rd. That's what just, happens when you have a weird month with 28 days yeah, in it. Yeah, <laughs> three and three. Um, so um, we're it's going to be a big... Uh, New England IPA day. So Jeez. we got... Um, All right. Now you just <laughs> you just asked a thousand people to line up in front of your door. This is The, the whole parking so lot's going to be... We're gonna, your neighbor's <laughs> going to hate you. So we're going to have uh, three different uh, New England IPAs. So we've got the Hop Nowie, which is our Australian version which with the Galaxy I can and the Big Which I is the greatest smell you're ever, yeah. ever going to smell. They should put it in a Glade <laughs> plug-in. we got to have that every month. So we got the Hop Nowie. Um, we've got the Hop Scooter, which is our... Uh, Texas style New England IPA. That's the Amarillo. I'm I'm in. Um, and like I said, Amarillo doesn't make much haze, so it's all Amarillo in the boil. But then we got uh, El Dorado for the dry hop. So that's got it gives it this kind of like Jolly Rancher melon, uh, watermelon kind of flavor, real subtle. Um, that's one that's got some. Um, I've seen people do good things with El Dorados. I yeah, mean, and that's uh, okay. Yeah, you mentioned the flake the corn, flake which corn. I thought was super interesting. Okay. But yeah, so we got the Nawi, we got the Scooter, and then we've got a, a new one. Uh-oh. Uh, no one's had this yet. Uh-oh. It's still fermenting. It's a total experimental beer. Can I drink it right now? Is there something back there I can? <laughs> uh, we got it in kidding. the fermenter. You could. It's just been dry hopped yesterday. 
with uh, Motueka. So this oh. is uh, so. No, seriously, that's my favorite. That's a, that's my hop. That's my number okay. one hop. Motueka. Okay, we'll give I you a sample wait. before. I, can, no, no, I can't wait. I'll I'll get out here. I'll get out here <laughs> for release day. I will not miss it. So this is our uh, other New Zealand. So we have a new, other New, new Zealand hop. New Zealand hot hop with um, it's the the Hopwaka, which has uh, Nelson Savin and Waiiti, which are like the most impossible yeast to, or hops to get these days. So. So the Nelsons, this, I hear, are, yeah. Are, yeah. I Impossible. don't know much about Waiiti, but those are all New Zealand hops, yes. right? Everything, yeah. okay. Yeah, so the one we've got, so uh, little known fact is the uh, the jet boat, you know, the, the boat that was made to go like up like by Niagara Falls and up the Colorado River and stuff, it was invented uh, by a guy from New Zealand. So this is the hop jet, you know, jet boat. You know, all I said, all of our New, all of our New England IPAs are based off of... Oh, so you're calling it Hopjet? Hopjet, Hopjet boat sounds a little. We don't even have an f- official name for it yet. Oh, I love so. it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so anyway, it'll be Hopjet uh, gonna, something. I'm gonna have to have her by two and me by two. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get four bottles of that one. Um, and it's uh, Raka in the boil, and then uh, Motueka uh, for dry hops, and um, it's a it's a nice light color. Those those they're very like apple. They kind of those hops smell like, a little bit like apples to me. So anyway, so we'll have those three IPA or New England IPAs. And then we'll have our uh, American Pale Ale, which is our Hop Hida or Hop Hide or that one I have not had Hides. yet. That's Hides. Hides is uh, Hi- my wife's name's Heidi, and so I had to. <laughs> I was going to say that beer after my wife. A kid or a wife named Heidi? Is that yeah. what's going on so here? In the Hides. Our Hides Pale Ale. That's just it's inspired by like a Bell's Two Hearted. It's Centennial, but I add a little uh, Columbus in there to give it a little dankiness. And does Heidi drink that? She likes she? it. Yeah, okay. she does enjoy it. I've experimented with it too much, and she says, "Oh no, I like the last version like, better." I want the original. Yeah. Give me the original. So we're 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 zeroing in on the recipe. We're on like version five right now. So, um, and then I'll have the the papuchik, which papuchik. is the, That's the, a... with the California ale yeast, which is if you like your hops or if you like your um, stouts with a little more hop character, a little more bitterness. Yeah, I found food. myself enjoying those, and and maybe there, I've had some that just they didn't come out and explain that that's what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, because you're just so used to these big chocolatey coffee, yeah. like, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh my God, they use hops in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, this, this is, is, it's, it's almost more like a black IPA than an Imperial stout, but, uh, but it's got some body to it. I mean, it, it, does. It, it, it tastes like a Russian Imperial style too. I mm-hmm. mean, you, it's there. I don't yeah. know, that, that's the wizardry that you're doing. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know how to describe it. I'm not, I'm too novice to, to <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, about your colors. You have like almost like a series going with these, right? The green to brown and yeah. So, um, I, I kind of like these, these themes. So all of our, um, classic like IPAs are green to something. So we got a black IPA, which is green to brown. We got a red IPA, which is green to red. We got a, Brown IPA, which is a green to brown. So green being the hops. Um, you know, we don't have it yet, but we'll have a green to white and, you know, for a, like a wit, like a white IPA. Oh, okay. Um, green to orange is kind of our, uh, kind of our orangey kind of zombie dust inspired sort of a Citra Amarillo type IPA. Uh, so all of our green beers are, are classic American IPAs. What can I expect when I pop that green to brown? Because I got one sitting in the fridge at home. That was part of the last rele- release, right? Yeah. Green so, yeah. so green to brown is basically um, our brown IPA. So, um, I, although I, I find brown and pale India pale ale kind of a oxymoron. Okay. But anyway, okay. so I think on the label we called it an American Imperial Brown Ale. Um, so mostly, so we put some chocolate malt in there, a little bit of light crystal malt, um, but there's a um, two different hops in there, East Kent Goldings and Simcoe. I find that a lot of the piney 
and the real American style hops just clash with the chocolate flavors. Like the grapefruity and chocolate don't seem to go that well to me. So uh, we use mostly East Kent Goldings with just a splash of uh, Simcoe. So it gives it kind of that earthy floral with a little bit of pininess, which I think goes well with the chocolate. Can't or, wait to open that now. Yeah. Just, it's going to be new. It's going to be new to me because I'm so used to drinking these kind of basic line IPA, New England IPA, yeah. hops or danks or mm-hmm. like that. I feel like that's going to fall somewhere where I'm not not expecting it to. Yeah, yeah. It's not as some some of the brown IPA or brown ales are really you know, brown sugary or really sweet. This is you know more like a traditional IPA, but just with a enough chocolate malt in there to give it some you know little roasty chocolatey flavor. Well, David, now that I've extricated an hour and 20 minutes uh, of your uh, vocal cords, I appreciate you sitting down with me. I appreciate you doing the podcast. Um, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be here if I didn't really 100% believe in what you're doing here, and I think it's the coolest little setup that I've found yet. Um, but, yeah, again, seriously, awesome. thanks for thanks for coming out and, and or letting me come out to your space and invade your home and talk to, talk to you about beer most of the night here and let yeah. me drink some of your awesome yeah. beer. Well, it's been fun, and and Joe, I appreciate it. You know, this is our first podcast. Is it? Yes. This is uh, yeah. So we're excited so when, about that. So when you're brewing on that thirty barrel system and yeah. you're distributing to the West Coast and beyond, you're yeah, you're gonna be like that guy was my first podcast. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you going easy on me and easy, uh, encouraging huh? us. Uh, we're There's really nothing excited. easy about what we're doing. <laughs> I, I honestly just am fanboying out about your beer. I love I love oh, what you guys are doing. Good. So. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't drive all the way out here. My my mm-hmm. wife wouldn't allow me to drive out uh-huh. here if she hadn't tasted it. And been like <laughs> those guys are pretty good. You might want to get out there and talk to them. Well, good. We'll we'll try to keep it up. Plus, the whole family angle is what my wife just loved. Yeah. She just was falling in love with the whole thing. Like she, was, I think she was just like, man, we should do this. <laughs> oh yeah, like, we well, should do this. I, I, I could see Joseph yeah. and Addison sweeping up in the back while yeah. we're selling oh, beer. Yeah. <laughs> you could. I mean, I've had a lot of people yeah, come and figure ask out me. how to brew it first. Yeah, <laughs> I could do this too. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. If we can have more of these, you know, Batavia's been really good for us with this nano brewery. Talk to your local alderman or whatever. They created a special license structure for us. They reduced the fees. We were, were pretty fortunate. Get involved. Get involved. Yeah. I mean, yeah, don't ignore the government, the local stuff. Uh, it's good that you, you utilize that part of it, too, because a lot of yeah. people ignore that until yeah. you need it. And, then you're and like, it helps oh, if yeah. you name the brewery after the city. They probably are going to be more likely still to pretty let you cool. give you permits. And, and you know, just to get to the some of the, the corny, generic stuff, like you guys have merch and things other than... Yeah, we do a few t- I've uh, got, some hey, T-shirts, some keychains. Hold on, wait like a minute, wait a minute. Just time out. You guys can't see it right now, but I'm pulling out my keys. Oh, yeah. And I'm letting him know that you replaced a Lagunitas bottle opener oh, that I've wow. had on there for many nice. a year. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm moving on to my Energy City. When I enjoyed what I drank. Now my keys donned the Energy City bottle <laughs> opener. Thanks to your wife and daughter who who convinced me to throw that in by the $2 tote when, <laughs> when oh, I yeah. bought my bottles. <laughs> they were awesome. So, yeah, again, thank you. Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. I'm sitting here with David from Energy City Brewing. Uh, It's in Batavia. They are open every first Saturday of the month as of right now. Keep up with them on Instagram and Facebook, though, in case in case any changes. Maybe there'll be some spread. You, if, you, oh, yeah. if you've been listening, you've heard that there's some potential of uh, brewing over at Church Street and expanding, but right now they are on a plan, so just be aware every first Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. you can come uh, line up. Uh, what, what, do you know the address off the top of your head? It's like two and a half something. Yeah, two and a half West Wilson Street. Um, 
type in Energy City Brewing on your Google Maps, yeah. and it will pull it up for you. And yeah. there's a Walgreens right there. There's a whole area around here that you can kind of find some parking and, and walk over. You'll see the line. And there's Limestone Coffee right up on top, right? That's Limestone. Right, yeah. Right? If you're here early, grab a coffee upstairs. Grab a coffee and then uh, come yeah. roll in to buy your bottles. I think we've got to be one of the only breweries on the planet that has a half address two and a half I know, uh, that's I'm, how small we are i haven't seen one yet so <laughs> so you're number one in my heart so so again yeah i don't know i don't want to keep saying thank you thank you thank you but i, I honestly do appreciate you uh, taking time out of your chemical engineering brewing uh husbanding and <laughs> fathering so well it's been my pleasure joe thank you so much all right take care david and we are out of here <laughs>